Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Nancy O'Dell, and we are bringing you the ET interview. It's an incredible honor, and I really look at it as more of an award for the people who are on the front lines doing this work that I get to support every day. And um, we're so grateful to know me. You know that the slavery problem is bigger today than it was back when we had actual slavery in America. And so to watch groups like NOMI emerge and really stick themselves between the traffickers and the victims has been just a real privilege for us and a real privilege to support the work. This issue, obviously in the news the last few weeks um, with the schoolgirls yeah. in Nigeria. I'm having a hard time reconciling the fact that there are, you know, that, two, that the plane went down, you know, off, off the Malaysian Airlines flight. And that all, so many resources were thrown at that, and attention was given to that, and rightly so, it was a devastating loss. But the, the, the girls that were abducted in Nigeria, that happened ages ago, and, and, and no one is uh, only now has started to pay attention. What about social media's role in this? And, and I know the hashtag, bring back our girls, going around. Yeah. Your take yeah. on that? And, and is that helping, and is that a way to... I think so. I think that the more pressure that we put on our on, on our government and on our, the powers that be to, to step up and, and, you know, take action, then the better that we all are. I've been enthusiastic that at least this has come to the attention of Americans and that we're outraged about it. The Nigerian government has to do more. I have two small boys, and so the work that I've done with child soldiers is, is, is deeply personal. And I, I think that as Americans, we are so compassionate and empathetic, and we look at that and we look at the fact that these young girls who were just attending school were literally kidnapped out from under their parents' noses and their teachers' noses at night. And I think for us, it, it becomes a, something that is real for us. Let's begin, people.
people of Sidecast that have been alive and direct coming from the west side of uh, California, the west side of the United States, the western west side of the Western Hemisphere. What's going on out there? How you guys doing? How you ladies doing? Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. You know, you guys that uh, what is what did my man say? Uh, the crow say that mother is the lips is the word for God on the lips of all children. So a happy Mother's Day to you all out there. Hope you all doing well. How you guys been since our last show? I want to thank you for. Uh, our numbers creeping up. We're getting to the uh, milestone of 60,000 listens. I mean, man, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's serious to me because when we first started uh, years back, you know, the intention wasn't um, um, the number of listeners. It was too much the number of advocates, the number of doers. And, you know, I started my first show in a, my office on the campus of where I teach years back, being a microphone. So, uh Hopefully, I've uh, given some knowledge on a variety of subjects. Hopefully, I've touched on a variety of things that have been of interest to you. And hopefully, I've given you some idea to spark a radical change in your own life, to go out there and make a difference, and to do what you want to do that's in your heart and as to why you're on this planet. Uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the title of the show is Self-Explanatory, uh, Bring Back Our Girls vs. Pony 2012. And um, this came uh, a couple days ago when I was in deep thought actually about a script I was working on. And for those people out there wondering how my arm is doing, the arm is getting better. Uh, the swelling is still beyond belief how big it is, but slowly getting back into the groove, slowly getting back into the mix of things. So taking one day at a time. Uh, brought on a new director, um, one of our projects, uh, Megan Richardson. I also have Jan uh, Bandhook also on board for some of our other things. So things are getting there slowly but surely. Uh, go on, send me an email if you want to, or you can go online, look for uh, on YouTube. Once upon a time in the Congo, our first trailer is released. I don't know if I announced that last show, so we're getting some good feedback. Um, it's pretty much circulating around, getting ready to drop a scene uh, that takes place in Haiti from the flick, and um, you know, looking forward to the release of the first official episode next month. I was thinking about holding until June 30th, since that's our Independence Day, but. Um, We'll see. I just want to make sure I keep the people interested and keep the people's uh, uh, curiosity up there on our project. But this is when the show came up, and I was sitting there saying that, um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, Coney 2012 was, like, all over the place. It was, you know, on the lips of middle schoolers, high schoolers, adults, politicians, and all kinds of things. And I know a lot of controversy came out in regards to the founder's breakdown down in San Diego when he was running buck naked through the streets and things like that. I know a lot of people came out to question the veracity of the Coney 2012, 20, yeah, 2012, it sounds like so futuristic, right, uh, 2012 campaign, a lot of Africans came out of the woodwork, um, criticizing the movement, um, the only voice I was really concerned about hearing was the Ugandan, so, because, you know, it affects them and the Congolese, because it affects us and people in that region, um, but it was very interesting, a lot of people were quick to attack the video and the campaign and beyond that, have really nothing to offer <laughs> besides criticism. Yet I remember middle schoolers running into my classroom, you know, I teach high school, holding up the sign, did you ask, do you know anything about Coney and things like that? And for me, that um, surpasses any criticism of the movement, um, Coney 2012, excuse me, and any criticism launched towards the whole campaign, only in that, it did what a lot of campaigns didn't do and haven't really done, which is motivate the youth. You know, if you look at something like uh, President Barack Obama's first campaign, 
the president, when the youth came out, you know, our generation came out to support him, you know, that type of mobilization. So for me, you know, looking through the fog of criticism, what I was looking at primarily was when you have middle schoolers running around asking, you know, these kids are like about, I think, what, 12, you know, are, are getting petitions signed and things like that, and they're, they're experiencing advocacy for the first time, and they really feel like they're part of something. You know, you hope, you know, our job is to spark that flame um, in those kids. Now, hopefully, since then, the two years I removed from them, um, the initial launch of the campaign, um, these kids, you know, our kids have grown and really want to take it to the next step. Yet, I was wondering when it came to the Bring Back Our Girls, it was um, the whole hashtag was put together by a young lady out here in L.A. whose name escapes me. And her rationale for doing it was, 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 was quite interesting. She had said she thought hashtags just used to, you know, make comments, things like that. And um, she had said that, I wish I had uploaded her interview so you could hear for herself. Um, so I'm kind of paraphrasing here. But she had indicated that she had heard a Nigerian um, national saying, you know, bring back our girl on an interview. And she took that and made it into a hashtag when she found out exactly how it worked and how it was put together and things like that. And just launched it. And it's been circulated a million times. I think Ms., uh, the first lady, uh, Michelle Obama, is going to sign bring back our girl. And, you know, celebrities and all these kind of, you know, people out there are doing that. Yet I ask myself, is this movement going to go the same way as Coney 2012? Because um, as you heard at the opening of our show, there was a few celebrities on the red carpet. They were giving their opinions, their thoughts on, on how celebs can uh, affect these things. But, you know, it's very interesting that people often, de- lately, bringing up the Malaysia airwaves um, in, rep- in, in comparison to the outpouring of grief towards... Um, Find the plane and what have you, and you know I'm gonna kick in a little interview that might touch on that also. Yet conversely, um, I find it fascinating that a lot of these people who are talking about well, when the Malaysian plane went down, you know there's all this uh, all this uh, news flash and urge to find these people and things like that. But my question is, all these celebs and politicians and stuff like that that's criticizing the coverage of that. Where were all they when this news broke out about the girls being kidnapped um, almost a month ago? Because I know among a lot of the people on the street, you know, among the people on the Africans, my Latino brothers and sisters, and just among the people, the true advocates, they were advocating for this, for the girls being kidnapped, but like almost a few days after it happened. You know, they were criticizing um, President Goodluck on his lack of inactivity and things like that. And they were asking, where's the American people? Where's the international community and things like that? So I find it very interesting that um, a lot of these celebs are, celebs are, you know, I'm glad they're on board and raising awareness. I mean, they're not going to go to um, the northern region of Nigeria to get the girls themselves. They're not going to do no fundraising. They're not going to do no donation that I'm aware of. But yet again, where were all these celebs? Three months ago, I mean, sorry, three weeks ago, a little over three weeks ago, when these girls were kidnapped, and you had a lot of the Niger people out there, you had a lot of the African people out there raising, you know, a firestorm about, like, hey, you know, these girls are kidnapped. But, you know, yet the funny thing is that they were directing their attention to the Nigerian government. They weren't thinking about the Americans coming on board until, like, lately. So, for me, I just think it's a very interesting question in reference to this whole movement, that, okay, bring back our, our girls is definitely poignant, it's very understandable, and... I have much love for it. Obviously, I wouldn't speak on it. You know, I wouldn't post on it. Um, but I do have a lot of love for it. Yet, I'm wondering if this is going to really, as the show entitled, Bring Back Our Girls Plus Pony 2012 equals what? Well, okay, I think another girl escaped this, this, this evening or escaped or was let go, what have you. But, again, what exactly is supposed to come out, uh, come out of this? I don't think this guy is like, I don't think this guy like Coney is the same way as, 
sitting there. Look, I don't think he's worried about a drone coming over his head or anything like that. I don't think he's worried about, you know, any of these Hollywood celebrities getting an Apache helicopter and landing in House of Land or anything like that. So I'm just kind of curious what exactly was to come out of this because I've seen other initiatives. And, again, we got Coney 2012. And last I saw, Coney's still running around. No one knows where he is and, or anything like that. So that's my little curiosity about it. Um, George Will, Brad uh, Hum had a comment about this movement on uh, I think it was Fox News some time ago. Let's say a little words about what, his, uh, what George Will had to say about this. To get to, to uh, follow that, but I want to turn back to the, the, the kidnapping, the terrible kidnapping of these Nigerian schoolgirls in the little bit of time we have left in this segment, because this week Michelle Obama and Malala Yousafzai uh, joined the Bring Back Our Girls movement. More than two million people have now tweeted the hashtag, and, and George, I, I'm just curious because I must say I was not that familiar with this phenomenon. It's even got a name, hashtag activism, and I'm curious what you make of it. Do you think that this is significant and helpful uh, and can make progress, or do you think it's really about helping the people who tweet the hashtag feel better about themselves? Exactly that. It's an exercise in self-esteem. I do not know how adults stand there facing a camera and say, bring back our girls. Are these barbarians in the, in the wild of Nigeria supposed to check their Twitter accounts and say, oh, oh Michelle Obama is very cross with us. We better change our behavior. It's trending. It's uh, trending on Twitter. Power is the ability to achieve intended effects. And this is not intended to have any effect on the real world. It's a little bit like environmentalism has become. Let's, the incandescent light bulb becomes the enemy. It has no effect whatever on the planet, but it makes people feel good about themselves. Julie? I do think that you have to take this for, for what it is. I don't think anyone is saying that by standing there and taking a picture of yourself holding a sign that you're going to get these girls back. But you have to remember, this is something that had really not been talked about, not even by the Nigerian government itself, before this started to really take hold on social media. Now, the, what it has done is put more pressure on the Nigerian government to accept some international assistance and to raise questions about you know, why they hadn't done that previously. So, Standing there holding a sign does not bring the girls back, but it could ratchet up the pressure that could lead to some more international assistance. All right, we have to take a break here, but when we come back... Yeah, now that's it. You know, I think that's some good points there, and I think I may actually have the wrong show. I don't know. It may have been Fox Sunday morning. But um, my attention is on the Nigerian government because, um, you know, you know what, one thing that really gets me is I remember I think it was the finance minister was saying she was calling on all the international partners, the Americans, the... Europeans, stuff like that, but she never mentioned the Africans. And the lack of uh, alliance or lack of, um, what's this word, coming to arms from our neighboring African countries, that's more of a concern to me because, you know, we're, we're supposed to be an independent nation, and I understand we have international partners, but, you know, the neighbors of Nigeria are international partners. And the, my attitude to me is how many people have been dying down there in the delta through these oil spills? How vicious is the corruption in the government of Niger, as in other countries on the continent, other places around the world, and what have you? And, you know, my thing would, I would like to see this put pressure on the government because it's, it, it's, it's um, irresponsible and it's uncomprehensible that President Goodluck wouldn't even make an un- speak on it for some time regarding this whole situation. But let's hear some other voices besides mine. Let's go to Fox 4 News on this subject. 
British, French, and United States teams are working to rescue hundreds of kidnapped Nigerian schoolgirls taken by an extremist Islamic group. And here in North Texas, like many other parts of the country, voices are being raised with one message, bring back our girls. Fox Force Sean Rabb spoke with three Dallas women about the movement. People across Nigeria outraged over the mass kidnapping of some 300 teenage girls from a school. It just brings back memories of when I uh, lived there with my husband. Nigerian native Chika Anyam now practices law in Dallas. They're in school. They, they have no security whatsoever. Um, they're just depending on the grace of God uh, day to day. It starts with bring back our girls now. Dallas Judge Julia Hayes created this Facebook page encouraging other women to lift their voices in support of the Nigerian girls. To be faced with this unimaginable horror of being a mother, because I'm a mother as well, of not seeing my child. It's, it's a human rights violation. It's a human rights issue. The girls kidnapped by Islamic extremists, the group's leader says he's been commanded by Allah to sell the women and girls. A lot of my work has centered around really um, the protection um, against uh, various forms of sexualized violence. Uh, particularly as it relates to girls and women. Associate Professor of Theology and Social Ethics at TCU, Dr. Carrie Day says these girls, if they have not, will be human trafficked into the sex trade. This is just not an issue of justice and the protection of Nigerian girls, but this is also an issue of how we will protect our own young women and girls. For nearly 300 Nigerian girls, some fear it may be too late. It breaks my heart to say that at this point, um, the possibility of recovering those girls is growing dimmer and dimmer, you know, as the days pass. Sean Rabb, Fox 4 News. You can get involved. There will be a rally Sunday to show local support for the Nigerian schoolgirls. Again, it's Mother's Day. Bring back our girls. We'll rally from 3 to 5 p.m. at Dallas City Hall. Now, my thing is, you know, I'm glad to hear the Nigerian voice from the attorney, uh, Dr. Lee, who's Dallas, who's Texas, uh, Houston. That's not, that's not just central. You know, that's like Congolese down there in Dallas. You know, we we all up in that mix. I like hearing the Nigerian voice of what she has to say and what have you. Yeah, conversely, what, uh, what about, you know, I, I posted up on my Facebook some time ago and where I asked, where was all this outcry when Congo was getting annihilated by the Rwandans and Ugandans when they invaded us? And they were get, killing 200 girls like a, almost, an, almost an hour. And I look back and ask myself, where's all this outcry just to the problems here in the U.S. when you have kids being gunned down in Chi-Town, in Chicago, and you have just the homeless numbers increasing, sex trafficking increasing, and you just see the suffering of girls here just when it comes to education and things like that, which I've seen up close just by some of my students. It's, it reminds me of people who adopt abroad Yet, you know, on their way to the airport, they'll pass by an adoption center in, in a downtown U.S. city, you know. And I ask myself, where was all this outcry a couple weeks ago when, these, when again, when that gun violence broke out in Chicago? And, again, back to the, to the African folks, the leaders, where is the leadership uh, come by? Where is this, you know, I never liked the African Union. There were a bunch of bitches when there was an uh, organization of African states, or OAU, African Unity, or whatever, whatever they were called back in the day. But where are they at? That's the thing for me. I'm, you know, I have no problem with alliances reaching out for international help, yet conversely, 
where's the voices of the neighboring countries? You know, we're you know, set aside the rivalries, as we all have them, what have you. But why are we not coming to the aid? And then on top of that, there's a crisis of the people. Because it's not just, you know, this lunatic from Boko Haram who talked about he'd, you know, he'd you know, try to take out President Obama if he had the chance. And sometimes I hear there's rumors there's two of those guys on the video. But it's not just him, but how about the abuse of the Nigerian army? Of what they're, what they're doing in the region? It's like the people are caught behind a rock, a, 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 a lunatic and an AK-47. You know, so my thing is with this whole campaign is what exactly is supposed to come out of it? Okay, they get released. Is that going to change the lack of education for young girls? Um, one of our Congolese sisters um, with the George Malika Foundation, she built a school for young girls back home in DRC. She took a very hands-on approach to the issue of educating young ladies and young girls and what have you. So what's supposed to happen? The girls get released, okay, everybody's happy, everybody feels good, and the situation, the ground hasn't changed, but is it fair to put all the, the responsibility on, on the international community, I mean those off the continent, and take away from the, the Nigerian government? I remember when the United States offered their help a, week, a couple of days ago, they had made a comment in reference to, it's up to Nigerian, Nigerian citizens, uh, Nigerian government to secure their citizens, and what have you. So what is exactly supposed to happen? Why is this not going to end up kind of like Coney 2012 from back in the day? But you have to, because you have to wonder what happened to that. So Let's hear what was said on a truth leader loader some time ago. All right, let's go. I don't know if you noticed, but it's 2013, and that notorious warlord Joseph Coney is still at large. I thought we'd solve this problem in 2012. A year ago, Invisible Children launched Coney 2012 onto YouTube, creating a grassroots campaign like nothing before it. Within less than a week, they'd racked up more than one million hits, breaking all records at the time. Their half-hour video made headlines around the world, encouraging people to buy bracelets and T-shirts and donate to the organization. They raised close to $20 million after expenses, which should have helped to track down the Ugandan warlord Joseph Kony, a man responsible for mass rapes, massacres, and the mass indoctrination of child soldiers. This is the guy, Joseph Kony. He's the bad guy? Yeah. The aim was to make him as famous as possible. And they did. Seven of Twitter's ten global trends were filled with matters related to Kony. They were racking up hits had more than a million unique visitors to their website every day and had thousands of articles written about the campaign. But a year later, Joseph Coney is still at large and Coney 2012 has more or less disappeared. Critics say the film manipulates the facts. Simplifying the story. Oversimplifying a wildly complex That's issue. The headlines that had proclaimed what an amazing call to action Coney 2012 was were quickly followed by more in-depth analysis suggesting invisible children's story was oversimplified. They haven't got a clue what they're talking about. It was revealed that Kony had fled Uganda years beforehand and the footage used was more than a decade old. A screening in Uganda resulted in a riot in the town of Lira and public interest waned as the next internet craze featuring a man dancing like a horse swept aside Kony 2012's YouTube records.
multiple children tried to defend their position, but things started getting weird. People noticed their calls to come and join them at something called the Fourth Estate Leadership Meeting, which seemed to have nothing to do with catching Coney. You will say it all started in the Fourth Estate. Because it will. And the crowd began to show. Their videos became nothing to do with catching a Ugandan warlord and more like an episode of Glee. Oh, what? And then there was the very public meltdown of founder Jason Russell, who was filmed running around the streets of San Diego naked and making sexual gestures, which TMZ released to the world with unbridled delight. That's not your average crazy person going on a naked, obscenity-filled rant in the middle of the day. But all of this doesn't mean that invisible children have disappeared. Their financial report released online shows that they still have funds available, but their spending on finding Joseph Coney was dwarfed by the amount that they spent on promoting their own brand and their expenses. It carried quotes from Russell saying he's always been a bit crazy, not because he was running around naked in California, but because he'd always been thinking bigger than the box, shooting for the stars. Ominously, their website is also advertising for the Fourth Estate Leadership Conference, which is happening again in August this year. And there's also this, Invisible Children's new film, which comes across as part music video, part self-congratulation. We built three new FM radio stations expanded the early warning radio network to dozens of new communities and dropped over 700,000 defection flyers. Part admission that things went wrong and there were so many voices, the message got confusing. And partly a promise to carry on. Tony and his army are still at large. We will never give up telling the stories of those affected. But this time, it doesn't seem to be grabbing the world's attention. No matter how you look at this story, it is pretty weird. So do let us know what you think about the guys who made the video. Let us know what you think about Joseph Coney. But the thing I'm most interested in hearing about is what you think about the way everybody responded to this video in 2012. We'll see you again. And that's the thing. You know, this was, this that was post came out last year, talking about 2012. And uh, where has that whole thing led to? And I mean, we're talking, you know, millions of people... Um, focusing on the situation, but I, you know, I also remember before Coney 12, I remember a lot of these advocates out there were actually having, you know, phone conversations with this guy and things like that. So it's not like Coney's hard to find. You got, I always say, if you want to find these guys, you got to do it the Angolan way, the way they found Joseph uh, Savimbi. You know, but that'll be for another show altogether. Yet here we are. So again, I'm not dogging uh, bring back our girls. Those are our girls. I mean, those are young girls. They shouldn't be going through this situation. Yet conversely, what's supposed to come out of this? And again, when the girls are rescued, then what? People are going to go back to their lattes at Starbucks and things like that and say, you know, they feel good, we did something? No, no, the people that's really doing something is the Nigerians who are really feeling this and the Nigerian government that really needs to be making a, a difference with this whole situation and the people in the region who are, who are living under this lunatic um, uh, Boko Haram or, you know, bitches and hoes, as I call them, whatnot, because that's what they are. You know, these guys run around, and I really hate when you have people talk about, oh, it's in the name of Allah, oh, it's in the name of Jesus, and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Stop hiding behind the excuses and, 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 and stop fronting, all right? So my thing is, 
I, you know, it's just, where is it supposed to go with this whole thing? Because, again, what is the responsibility of, the, of us Africans? We have to solve our own problems. We can have the Americans help and things like that. Because, again, when people come out and say, well, you know, uh, Malaysia got, uh, airline got all these, you know, um, all this attention, I come back to what I said in the beginning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe these Johnny-come-lately celebs have been finding out about this whole thing, um, this whole bring back our girls and the girls being kidnapped. But I know for a fact, Crystal White posted this a couple weeks ago. I know a whole lot of people were talking about this and posting about this and saying what's going on. Their question was, why is it this isn't getting, that wasn't getting any national attention the way the airways was, was getting national attention. So that's where the argument was starting from, and that's where the comment was coming from. So for me, I want to know from you, where is this supposed to lead? 646-595-2892. 646-595-2892. Give me a call. Give me a shout out. I've always neglected to give off the numbers. I have to make sure I put a little post-it saying, hey, give out the phone number in case folks want to call in and give their comments. So you can email me or you can chat with me if you like. I'm going to start doing that. I haven't done it in a while. Again, I'm slowly getting back into the groove of the show. So bear with me. Bear with me. You know, I'm only doing my 45 minutes. I used to do like two hours before, but slowly. Bear with me. Bear with me, all right? But uh, actually, regards to the guy I think that was running naked down in San Diego, I think it was Jason Russell from The Visible Children. Let's hear what he has to say about this hashtag. Jason, your, your video, I think, was so powerful, the Coney 2012, because you were an amazing storyteller. You got you. this beautiful son, and it, and it pushed so many emotional buttons. I don't know if we have a clip to remind people of that. When you watch, uh, when you see these folks holding up those signs of the, you know, bring back our girls, what goes through your yeah. mind? Do you, do you, can you add to that fight? Can you offer any advice to people who want to duplicate what you did? What are your lessons learned? Well, I think a hashtag is a tool. It's a powerful tool which should start a real conversation, and that conversation should manifest into answers that the international community and everyone in between should be coming up with. We shouldn't allow any abductions to happen of any children, no matter where they are in the world. And I think these are dark, complicated, sad issues that people don't want to face or realize. So it inspires me to wake up and see tens of thousands of people actually talking about these abductions in Nigeria. And, you know, we believe that it's not about what we start. It's how we finish this fight. And for Joseph Kony, he's been getting away with murder for almost 30 years. And we don't think that's okay. We think that our generation needs to set an example as to what happens with a warlord or any group that tries to harm the invisible children of the world. Yeah, I follow a guy on Twitter, a Nigerian-American writer named Teju Cole, who, who tweeted this, this uh, week, what can I do to help? Unless you're a Nigerian with constitutional rights to participate in democratic process, almost nothing. He does say, you know, we, we all can support democratic process and education. Um, but, but what do you tell people who want to take it beyond one hashtag and then forget about this until the next one comes along? Yeah, I mean, anyone can hear my voice. It, it, this has got to be more than just a two-day, two-week, two-year campaign. If you really want to see these girls be brought home, we have to continue the fight until they are all brought home. And it's challenging. The answers are difficult. And I would say that that ideology from that tweet is eroding. I think that we live in an ever-evolving globalized world. We're becoming more empathic. Our friends are actually in multiple nations now, and so therefore we have the right to protect each other when these girls who are teenagers or younger are being harmed. We have the right to do something. I don't buy the answer that there is no answer. Yeah, so is there an answer? There's no answer? 
you tell me, people. I mean, it's up to you on what you want to do. But it comes back to uh, come, why are we doing this whole thing. What are we supposed to accomplish? Some people are going to say, oh, Sai's just bitching about it. He don't like the fact that they ain't talking about Congo anymore or, or, or not that we did before. Oh, he's just upset because, you know, Nigel's getting all this attention. Oh, he's just upset because, you know, these hashtags are sweeping the world and putting evidence on 200-something-plus girls. And, oh, he's upset. that No, not, not really. I'm asking you what is supposed to come out of it. Okay, the girls get released tomorrow. And what, they do a media tour of, of all the networks and stuff like that, and they recount their, their traumatic existence and when they, uh, uh, as being held hostage by this lunatic, and that fuels more images of us just being a bunch of uh, uh, sex-crazed barbarians snatching little women up and stuff like that. Does it perpetuate the stereotype of, of, of Africa as itself? I mean, the, human, the story of human trafficking is so big and so massive yeah, I mean, I should start, you know, where's the hashtag and human trafficking? Maybe I'll start it, unless someone already started one already, right? So the question again for you guys is, I'm wondering, what I think will come out of this? Nothing. I think a lot of people are going to feel good about it. A lot of people are going to have some good feelings, you know, should the girls get released. You know, the, this guy's threatening to sell them for $12. Well, you know, Sally, this girl's being sold right now for $12, and I don't see hashtag stop selling girls for $12, Right? I mean, it's a big problem. I mean, here's, here's something for you. It was a couple weeks ago, I came across, I think it was like last week, I came across an article that talked about a big problem with Nigeria, for Nigeria right now, is the sex trafficking trade of Nigerian women in Russia. That's a big issue right now for the Nigerian government. In fact, the Nigerian um, um, ambassador in Russia spoke on this some time ago. I was, I, hopefully when I um, pay for it, I do another show on this, I'll post it up and let you hear it himself. But it was actually it was an article, it wasn't a video interview with, with audio. But he spoke on this. Where was the outcry then? You hear that silence? That's exactly what I heard back then. I didn't hear nothing. So you know, for me, hey, I, my main concern is the girls get released. But you know, we can't forget these other women who've been out there for so long, who have been taken and snatched up by people and sold off and raped and murdered and married off to these old guys. And it's all behind the, the faith of whatever faith these guys tend to have. So, hey, let's take a little commercial break here. Play a little music. I haven't done it in a while with you guys. And people are always asking me, hey, when are you going to play some music? When are you going to play some music? Blah, blah, blah. So, um, what I want to rock? What I want to rock? I don't know. Uh, let a little Latino here.
beat there, a little beat there. I love it. I love it. So let me have it in the background just a little bit here. You know, people, look, we have a little bit of time here, and it has to be articulated this. Some time ago, I remember I was doing some writing on a script that had to do with, um, it actually had to do with female assassins, ironically. But I remember working in a script, and I came across an article on what was happening in Suido Juarez when these women were being dug up or, you know, bodies were being found, they just all over the place. And I know people will say, hey, maybe the net wasn't big that day, the web wasn't what it was today, what have you. Yeah, you know, for those, it, it was pretty big back then. Now, maybe the issue was that people weren't aware how to use the web for social advocacy. Maybe the concern wasn't there. I don't know. But I remember that, I think it was either Salma Hyde, it was a Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lopez, did a movie on the women that were missing and turning up dead in Suido Juarez. And I think about all these missing black and Latinos here in the U.S. I'm not even going outside the country, just here in the U.S. Um, who aren't getting headlines. Families. Imagine you're a family and your daughter has been missing for about six months. And you're seeing all this media hype about girls that most people don't even know are getting all this attention. And you're just hoping a police officer will come by your door and say, look, we didn't forget about you. Okay, you're not you're you're not a cold case to us. Imagine that feels like because I know a lot of celebs will say, you know, well, you know, I have two sons and I have two daughters and I wonder what it'll be like and I can only imagine. You know what? That's right. You can only imagine. I like what the uh, the guy said. The Nigerian said that unless you're a, constitu- a Nigerian with constitutional rights, you really can't do anything. Again, folks out of Hollywood. Now this would be an interesting movie being in Hollywood. Both I don't think folks out of Hollywood are going to like uh, get on the plane and fly out to. Uh, you know, Nigeria in the uh, Cobra attack helicopter land up there in Houseland looking for these guys. That would be an interesting movie, you know, kind of like a, a, an Argo-type flip. No, they're not. What we can do, oh, maybe what can be done is maybe we can figure out a way to use this to open to the eyes, open our eyes to what's really happening in this world. And sometimes I think we should definitely make sure that Looking to see what's happening outside this world shouldn't cause us to be blind what's happening in this, in this country. When I walk around downtown and I see all these homeless, homeless families, when I see kids starving when they come to school, you know, not just for love, but they're starving for food. When I see all these, you know, fa- entire families down by Skid Row, you know, all these homeless shelters just filled with entire families. I always I sit back and, and ask myself, what can be done for those people here? It's not to say that our young girls, there are, they, again, there are girls. It's not to say they're not important over there in Niger, but why is there such a lack of attention to what's going on here? It's almost like the war of, 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 uh, of Afghanistan and stuff like that when I talk to my fellow vets and I talk to teachers and ask, why, why is all this money being spent in Afghanistan when you have a corrupt bitch like Karzai? Because he really is. He's never even said thank you for the troops that sacrificed, you know, in, his country, in, 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 in Afghanistan, along with the Afghans themselves, who have sacrificed so many people, so many innocent people. Yet, with the, with the Taliban supposed to be rising again in Afghanistan and threatening to take power, and people ask me, what was it all for? Why isn't any of that money being put to education here? 
Why is not that money being put to really helping out the vets here? Why is not that money being put to educate people about the problem of human trafficking in this country? I know people will say that the Super Bowl is the biggest source of human trafficking in the United States, the biggest event uh, where it takes place the most. That may be true. Yet, how do we know the persons living, the people next door, how do we know they're not captives? Remember, I think it was the three ladies found by the guy, uh, I think in Cleveland some time ago. I think it was last year. I'm not too sure exactly when. They were there for, what, 10 years? And what, eight years was it was? And did people forget about them? Did people not know about them? Did people, you know, at that time, were they focusing on the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup, the World Series, uh, World Cup and things like that? Are there people right now as we're hashtagging this and hashtagging that? Are they, like, in the basement somewhere wondering, you know, have they been forgotten about? Are there people who's looking out a window, they're chained to a radiator, and they're seeing people walk by and they're hoping someone look left or look right and come get them? Are there people right now who are at a party where they're being, you know, somewhere in Miami where they're being auctioned off? You know, go get Miami Vice. There's a scene in there that takes place in a club where this guy is, you know, selling women, you know, to, uh, to Tubbs and Rico in the beginning. Are there not women? Are there not young boys? Are there not people out there right now who are saying, you know, hashtag what about me? You know, hashtag what about us? Hashtag what about our family? Hashtag what about our missing? You know, the U.S. and the international community can't solve the problems of the world, especially when they have a hard time solving the problems within their own borders. So for me, again, what is to come out of this? What do you think is going to come out of this? What do you hope beyond the girls coming back? Is it going to change the state of education for our young girls? Is it going to change the corruptness in the Nigerian government? I mean, there's corruptness corruptness in a lot of governments around the world. It's not just there, you know. So we have to make sure we clarify that. You know, there are a lot of governments that aren't speaking on the conditions of their citizens right now. So we just can't point the finger at President Goodluck. Yet again, it's inexcusable that he didn't ring the alarm when the girls were first snatched up. How many people even knew about this terrorist group up there at Boko Haram, that the U.S. has run a terrorist group? How many people have known about the people they've kidnapped, the people they've murdered, the people they've, they've slaughtered, the people they've burnt alive? How many people who are hashtagging now? Are they just forwarding a hashtag and that's it? Hey, I've done my part. I forwarded a hashtag. Or they really, have they really reached out to any Nigerians in the States and say, hey, look, or in their region, in their town, in their city, and say, hey, look, what's been going on with the situation? What more can I do? Maybe the guy is right, who was mentioned during the last interview. Unless you're a Nigerian with constitutional rights in Nigeria, you can't do anything. But does it mean you can't partner with a Nigerian here or a Nigerian organization to help parlay uh, this advocacy into a more constructive movement, more constructive uh, uh, means, more constructive uh, means to an end? Again, we have to understand that the guy made an interesting observation. He said, we were all about Coney 2012. We were all into that. Then all of a sudden, Sai came out with Gundam style. And everybody forgot about Coney. And started, I'm wondering if, uh, if Coney was, uh, do, was, was, was doing Gundam, Gundam style out there in, in, in the bush. Or was Boko Haram, were they doing Gundam style? And that's true. Everybody was talking about you know, Gundam style with this guy Sai. And Coney 12 was kind of forgotten. So let's see how long this advocacy lasts. Let's see where it goes. Let's just hope that the girls are brought back. Let's just hope the girls are taken care of. And let's just hope that we remember that there are other girls in the same situation right now before and after that definitely need our love and need our support and need our care. And the young boys out there. So everybody out there, Sai Kesedabinga, you know, I'm out of here. Y'all stay well. Y'all do your thing. Make sure you rule the world. And remember, 
you know, you can make a difference where you are. You can make a difference in, with what little you have. But the thing is, you have to want to make a difference because you want to and not wait for someone else to do it. All right, people, I am gone. Much love. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.